Hey guys, I'm gonna take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. This is one of our newest show sponsors. This is a business that was started by Chief Dave Robertson. And really what it all came down to is he knows that getting a fire job or getting promoted for the first time is incredibly hard. It's always a long process. It can be frustrating and it's, it's really incredibly challenging. What's even more challenging is that when you know that you always wanted to be a firefighter and that you would make a great firefighter, or even more so, being a great officer or chief, and you just feel like no one will look at your resume or nobody will even give you a chance or take you serious for that promotion. So Chief Dave works really closely with you know creating just a team of two, the two of y'all. He's all about giving you the commitment that's unmatched towards achieving your, your career goals and exactly what you want to do. He will mentor and coach you to help you become the kind of candidate that these fire departments are all looking for and they can't miss. Chief Dave from Fire Edge, he comes with 25 years of fire service experience. Guys, go listen to the episode that I had him on the show. He talks all about it. He's been there and done that and actually earned his stripes in this business. On the business side he's got thousands of hours of coaching and training leading consulting recruiting building hiring processes you know you name it and he's done it chief dave just talking to him he's all about the one-on-one connection he's all about customer service and he really genuinely does care about the fire service as a whole and the next generation of guys that we're bringing into this business for a 30-year career that all leads to having a strong passion with what you're doing and who you're working with. 
That's the 100% commitment that Chief Dave has given to me uh, with the Third Alarm Cowboys and what he's given to every single one of you out there across this nation and in Canada that are wanting to get involved in the fire service and are wanting to make that next step. Truly, it doesn't matter if you are just a recruit that's aspiring to get a fire career job or you're a company officer that's wanting to become a chief or a chief officer that's wanting to move any high, even higher. What you got to do is figure out your why and find your passion that makes you truly love this job. And that's what Chief Dave Robertson is doing with Fire Edge. So guys, give him a chance. Go look him up. Give him a phone call. He's putting his personal number out there for the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast listeners to give him a call and get your fire career either started and going or moving in the direction in which you want to do. So give Dave a call at 519-384-3072. And that's Fire Edge Career Coaching, Training, and Consulting. Y'all go give him a chance. Go get to know him. He's a great guy. Go listen to the podcast episode that I had him on. That's Chief Dave Robertson. I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. to all units this is a third alarm switch to the tack channel ladies and gentlemen welcome to the tack channel i'm your host heath meredith this is the third alarm cowboys podcast this is the podcast for firefighters we talk about real life situations stuff in your station like leadership and promotions and stuff in your personal life like relationships and finances you name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. All right, guys. Well, I want to welcome everybody back. Continue to thank everyone for all the amazing support that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. We've grown a shitload on social media. We've grown a shitload on the listenership of the show. It just really, I mean, we're, we've gained, in the last couple of weeks, we gained several hundred more followers uh, on, on both those different platforms. And I can't tell y'all how special that is to me, but I also got to say, you know, that's thanks to y'all. Uh, the Third Alarm Cowboys cigar line that was launched a couple weeks ago, that that post alone had so many shares, so many comments, so many likes, all that good stuff. And that just really, that helped us out so much, guys. I can't even tell y'all, I, I just can't even tell y'all what, what, Everything about this Third Alarm Cowboys podcast and business and everything like that 
what it's done, uh, how it's taken off, the messages I get from y'all, the comments, all the stories, all that stuff. It just, it really is, it, it's truly remarkable of how hungry the fire service is for honest and real leaders to step forward, uh, how much the fire service is in desperate need of, of operational uh, badasses, to be just quite frank. I mean, that's that's why you see all of these seminars, these trainings, these conferences, uh, all the hands-on training, all that shit. Guys, 15, 20 years ago, there was nothing compared to what it is now. Uh, the, the real leaders of the fire service are seeing the need uh, and the desire for all of you guys that are that go to all these, whether it's you know fucking handline trainings and uh, or forced entry, just all the actual tactical training that's going on. That we had specialty training like that. I went to a lot of classes, but you went to specific places. Like I went to Teeks, which is uh, one of the main uh, fire training facilities, really in the country, if not the world. It's like over thirty acres of fire props, whether it's industrial shit aircraft shit they even have a fucking tugboat back there in the back that's a prop for ship fires there i mean they just have all kinds of stuff they call it disaster city there's uh ropes rescue just you name it and they do it there but that's an actual training facility it's a school and now you're seeing all these improvised conferences popping up everywhere uh guys that are going and, and doing these classes in hotels it just man it's fucking awesome i'm I'm really proud and amazed all at the same time to see the level of hunger that's coming from today's firefighters to want to do more. Every single one of them. I mean, we've got we've had guys on this show like uh, Dennis Riley who travels all over the country teaching leadership, teaching tactics, teaching all that stuff. Dave Robertson's been on the show. He travels all over the country, has has clients all over the actually really two countries, Canada and the United States, where he has guys in there that are wanting to get in the fire service and he's coaching them how to how to get, you know, their fire uh, certifications and, and what they need to do to get in the job. And then he's training guys to step up and take those leadership and officer promotional exams, just all that stuff to advance their career. Guys are fucking hungry. And the reality to what it all comes down to is we have a, a massive need in today's fire service for true and honest leadership to step up. We have a massive need in today's fire service for guys that have the real experience to step up and teach the tactics and teach the operations that will actually genuinely keep guys alive and actually serve the community to the best effort. We've gone through a really bad rut where it was all about textbook shit and slideshow shit and just all death by fucking PowerPoint for people writing books that, to be quite frank with y'all, most of them motherfuckers ain't ever even really rode a truck. Or if they did, they weren't at places that they made real fires. You can see it. You can see the separation that's beginning to happen in today's fire service from the guys, the actual door-kicking-down badass firemen that are now getting up into those leadership roles like the chief's positions or on these um, chief's associations and shit the, uh, uh, all across the nation where they're actually now. A lot of the stuff in the curriculums and shit is kind of starting to change. Stuff that we were taught years ago 
by the guys that learned the hard way, the guys that learned hands-on. They taught that, and we really, we just went through a really, we've gone through a strange time. Now, we're not out of it by any means. So many departments are dictated by this insane safety culture. Departments are dictated by this insane tech, textbook and certifications culture. Uh, but I'm seeing a lot at the end of the tunnel. I'm seeing the hunger in firefighters that they're like they could go over here and get these certifications that say on paper what they that they know what the fuck is going on, but instead they're going over here and they're attending a weekend long class learning how to actual operate fucking hose lines or how to actually properly do ventilation or how to actually properly run command, and that is what is needed. The true hands on application aspect of the job guys the military is not like the fucking i y'all know that i refer to the military a lot y'all know that i i am a huge supporter of the united states military in all aspects but i like to study uh the history of the military and where we've been the wars we've been in the leadership from those different dynamics and everything and how it's kind of shaped everything to where we are now as a society and as a fire service because most of your leadership principles that have been taught through generations, honestly, they all come from a military background. That's just the reality. Well, one thing about it, guys, uh, y'all ever see Navy SEALs that all the training they have is certifications and fucking PowerPoints and textbooks? No. Fuck no. They get their class completion shit and their check mark that goes towards their resume that gets them their certification pay. But the classes that they're going to, whether it's CQB, whether it's fucking jump school, whether it's fucking uh, you know, emergency driving school where they learn how to drive cars like they stole them. Uh, all that shit is hands-on application shit. Why? Because their job is a hands-on operational job. They're not sitting in a law office. They're not sitting in a fucking cubicle. No, they're out there kicking doors down, going in, searching rooms, looking for people, doing actual operational shit. Well, guess what, guys? We fucking are, too. If you're wanting to be you know, a chief that sits in, the, in an office and does all the paperwork and all the, by all means, go to school and get a fucking accounting degree. You're going to need to know how to, how to count numbers because, honestly, let's face it, a, a fire chief's job is the budget. That is the fire chief's job. But your job of being a captain, being an EO, being a firefighter, being a district chief, battalion chief, all that shit is the operations. That is your fucking job. So you need to be operationally the most sound and badass motherfucker that you could ever possibly be. You need to be able to put the work in. You need to know and have all the different levels of experience to be able to make judgment calls. If you're that officer or you're that senior guy, you damn sure need to be the one that can make the judgment calls that keeps somebody alive or kills them. And what we're going to talk about on today's show is exactly that. I did an episode when this per this podcast first launched called Experience and Bullshit. All of you need to go back and listen to that show. I hurt some fucking feelings in that show and I know it and I did it on purpose. Since then, I've had a lot of fucking conversations about that. That's still the number one listened to uh, show on, on this podcast. Thousands of plays have been done on that episode alone. And I have had countless people reach out and be like, holy shit. So I'm going to lay it out for y'all. 
You all need to go listen to that show and just hear exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. But I'm going to lay it out for you all because since then, in the conversation I've had, I actually gained a little bit more education on the subject. And that shed even more light on exactly uh, what experience is in the fire service. So I made it pretty clear in that episode that experience is the runs made, the fires made, the calls made. Experience is not years of fucking service. Experience is not kissing the fucking chief's ass. Experience is not being at a training capacity where you're teaching all this shit. Those are experiences, yes. And I have since been corrected and learned a new terminology. At that time, I had never heard it quite uh, the picture painted quite like it is and i always kind of search for the word that i could um correlate all this with and since then i have actually had some great conversations with some guys and and um to be quite frank i had one of the guys that i work with at my department is the one that gave me the word that i was looking for and here's the deal experience is one thing exposure is another You can have years of experience. You can have experience doing this or experience doing that. But what is your level of exposure to different things during that experience? And whenever we were talking about that, it was like it literally slapped me in the fucking face. I was like, that's exactly, exactly what I've been looking for. That is the exact terminology and the word that I needed because 100% that is what I fucking believe in. I hear all the time, guys, it's one of my biggest fucking pet peeves. I cannot stand it. I hear all the time, well, I've been doing this shit for 25 years. Okay, great. Where have you worked? Oh, well, I've been here. Okay, great. Well, then how come 10 years ago, y'all's call volume was like 300 calls a year? But now you're going to say that you have all these years of experience and yet you can match a guy in your mind or you're better than a guy in your mind that has five years of experience at an agency that runs 1,500 calls a day. That guy worked in a district on an apparatus that runs 20 calls a day. 20 calls a day to your one call a day. Your exposure is not the fucking same. Truthfully, your experience is not the same. But if we're going to label anything, then we can say, yeah, okay, years of service, okay, yeah, that's experience. You've had the experience of being a firefighter in this position for said number of years. Okay, yeah, we can agree with that. But your exposure is not shit. And that's really what I have wanted to hit home from the beginning of this podcast because for years and years and years I heard that shit. And it fucking frustrated me to no end because you ha- you can have guys like some of my closest friends that come from departments that fucking burn. Or myself. I, I left a place that, yeah, we made a, a few fires. You know, it was it was okay. Several fires a year, a few fires a month type shit. Then I go to a place that my first three shifts there, I make six fucking first ends. 
that level of exposure is fucking different. I go from a department where it was a, a massive district. They were the stations. Honestly, they were they were they didn't have enough stations for the size of their district. We covered fifty eight square miles with fucking two staff stations. Now. On their books, they had more stations, of course. Y'all know the game when it comes to ISO and all that shit. But the actual fully staffed stations with personnel was two of them. So sometimes if you're running from one end of the district to the other, you might be looking at a 12, 13-minute response time. Well, okay, so my experience at that point, yeah, we made a lot of calls, wrecks, shit like that. But the experience for me was... I had time to get my shit together. If I'm the, you know, as the first in officer, I had my time to uh, basically get dressed, think about what I need to do, read my call notes, uh, this, that, and the other. All the different things that have to go through your mind when you're en route to a call, or so let's say a, a structure fire. All the different things that have to go through your mind when you're en route to that fire, the shit you got to do. If you're the first in officer, you're establishing command, you're giving your fucking size up, you're making the initial attack. Um, doing your 360, all those different things that you have to fucking do, you have time to wrap your mind around it, right? That's your experience. Well, I left there and went to a department that covered 12 square miles with two stations with a population of, of documented people, which this was a, um, a poor area of the east side of Houston, a uh, lot of Hispanic population. And the reality is, is most of those people are not documented. That's just the fucking reality to it. So we had documented 58,000 something people in 12 square miles. So you could probably say at any given moment, it was closer to 70, mid 70,000 people. Uh, we had over 20 something thousand students in our district uh, or in my station's district just because of the massive uh, school that was there. We had a junior college in that area, a massive 6A high school in that area, plus countless elementary schools and middle schools, all that. So 20-something thousand students there on a daily basis, plus uh, the thor uh, major thoroughfare of I-10, um, Interstate 10, ran through our district. So you have a assload of uh, incoming and outgoing traffic. So that you can't even calculate that population. So the reality is, is my experience and exposure is now completely different. I'm used to residential style structure fires, some commercial shit, a lot of, um, you know, NVAs. We had a major highway that ran through my old uh, department's district and all that stuff. So your uh, experience level and your exposure is different, okay? Then I leave and go to a place that everything is right on fucking top of you. Apartment complexes, like I said, Interstate 10. All this shit, you pop a structure fire, you're literally on scene in less than two minutes from the time that the tones drop. Everything is right on top of you. So now, you better have your fucking shit together, right? You still are got to do all the, the exact same job assignments right in that seat. You're still doing establishing command. You're still doing your 360. You're still doing uh, your scene size up. Just all that shit, you're still doing it. But now, you're having to do it at a much rap more rapid rate. You're also adding different uh, complexities to the job, like apartment complexes, like major commercial properties, major industrial properties, train rails, 
a major highway like I-10 that has, I can't even fucking tell y'all what runs up and down that road in 18-wheelers. You got huge big box stores, hotels, massive school complexes. All that shit is a completely fucking different exposure, right? So y'all see the picture that I'm painting. So for me, yeah, I had the experience. Yeah, I walked in the door. I'd already been a captain for a little over a year at this, that, and the other. Yeah, I'm an experienced captain. But I walk in the door, and it is a, it is a kick to the fucking teeth. Because it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, the fires are still fires. Fires are still fucking hot. You pull hose lines to put fires out. That's still what you do. But the whole the whole process was different because the complexities were fucking different. The demand was different because it was faster. The rate of everything was faster. So for me to have a conversation with a guy that wants to try to, you know, one up or or try to belittle you, well, you've only been in for a certain amount. You've only been a captain for this amount of years. Whatever the fuck. Okay, dude. But this is the deal. I've made six fires in my first three shifts here at a place that's on top of me, and I gotta have my shit together. We're pulling apartment lays, pulling fucking high rise packs, hooking into stand pipes, you name it, we do it over here. Motherfucker, you all y'all are still doing is running in booster trucks and and structure fires from time to time that are a residential property, that it's a concrete, beautiful subdivision. You lay in, you got all the time in the world to get there and get your shit together, get your plan together, talk with your crew, tell them what line we're going to pull, all that shit, you have the time to do it. Your exposure is completely fucking different than mine. And guys have got to start understanding that. We are promoting... And allowing people to walk around claiming experience that may not have any fucking exposures. We walk around and claim years of service as experience, which to be quite frank, you could have been exposed to absolutely fucking nothing. I have a problem with a lot of departments, promotional um, procedures because a lot of departments are still promoting off of years of service in the department, years of seniority. You got to have a certain amount of years to be in and we'll promote you to an officer spot. Okay, well, that's cool, except for, and I've seen this time and time again, even guys like, okay, say the department has made a major transition of developments or major commercial properties coming in or whatever. All these different things that have taken place in, say, the last five years. So, so what if that fucking guy has been there 10 years? None of the current circumstances that are needed operationally does that guy have the exposure to handle. So, you can claim all day long that, yeah, you got the years of service. Great. You know your fire truck. Great. You have some time knowing your truck a little bit better. You know the drama of the department a little bit better. You've been around. You know who was sleeping with who. You knew this. You knew that. But does that dictate jack shit operationally for what the department is currently facing today? Probably not. Because if you started and the demand for the operations was still a lot of pasture lands and woods fires, small residential or barn fires, and now you have big box stores multi-story apartment complexes, high-rises and mid-rises coming in, industrial properties coming in, major thoroughfares being being cut into your district that 
of highways that are now dealing with 18-wheelers or fucking train cars coming in. They cut in a new railroad track. All those different things. Your years of service don't mean a fucking thing because you've never seen it. You are a day one rookie to the current operational demand that is taking place in your district today. But do we do we even account for that? Fuck no. Because in the fire service, we're caught up on, well, such and such been here this long. That doesn't fucking matter. When such and such has been here that long and he still gets out the truck and he don't have a fucking clue of what to do, you made a poor choice to promote that individual because they are still in over their head. They're not competent on what is needed operationally to this day. Now, another part of that that I have seen is a lot of these departments that have transitioned from volunteer duty crew uh, to full-time staffing, a lot of those duty crew guys, yeah, they've been around a long time, but they had a full-time somewhere else. Okay, cool. But they were duty crew in here, so they had to work you know, one day a month, maybe one day a pay period, whatever the different circumstances are for that department's um, responsibilities and shit. But they still put in a smaller amount of time at that department than, say, some of the guys that work there full-time. Now, where I'm going with this is, is say you have a promotional process that's coming up that you promote off of the years within that department. You've had a guy that's been at that department for two years full-time and a guy that's been at that department for three years part-time. Who would y'all think would be the more knowledgeable and operational savvy person at that department right now? Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's the one that's been there full-time, that works there every day, that runs that district every day full-time. They have a higher level of exposure to that district and the operational demand for that district. However, so many departments don't even take that into consideration. They're going to promote the guy or give the opportunity for that guy that's part-time there, that's been there three years instead of two because he's been on the payroll longer. So it makes him more qualified because he has more experience. I see a major problem with that for two reasons. Two reasons that I can think off the top of my head. For one, that's not the actual truth. That individual might that individual might have only worked one day a month there because that was the bare minimum requirement to retain that position as a duty crew member. Or that person could have been you know, a money-hungry guy and might have worked three days a fucking week there. We don't really know. But for this example, I would say most often with the way that guys are at part-time jobs, I would say on average most guys are working a couple days a month. So the reality to that is their exposure level is different than that guy that's full-time there, that's on a full-time crew there, that's doing all of the full-time, full-duties aspects of working at said department today. Another aspect that I see with that is if you start allowing people that can, you know, people that are part-time or whatever, and they're coming in and they are, or start taking these promotional deals, you're essentially you're shitting on your full-time guys. You may have some truly qualified full-time guys that are at that department that that is their bread and butter job. That is where their heart and soul is. And they may want to promote, but because they don't have the years of service at said department, 
you're now shitting on them and giving it to somebody else that might be in trouble at their other job or not not qualified for a promotion at their other job, so they're going to come over here and take this spot from a guy that's already been putting in the work for you and has bet their career on you, on your department. I just personally, I see that as an issue. There's a drastic difference between exposure and experience. And it's something we need to address. It's just, it, it honestly is. It's something we need to address. I have said for years and years and years, uh, just because of where I've worked, that some of these these outlying ESD departments in, in the Houston, Texas area, that 10 years ago they were volunteer, they had, you know, very limited resources, no development going on, all basically pasture lands and woodlands 10 years ago. And you've got guys that's been out there 15 years that were a volunteer or whatever, and they've been there and they've just been there. Okay, great. And then now that area is booming. They got 20,000 rooftops that's popped up in the last three years. All these major big box stores, commercial properties of you name it, and it's fucking there. Um, multifamily home structures, apartment complexes, all that shit, right? Every, every bit of all that. I have said for years that I would take a two-year Houston firefighter that's been at Houston that's used to all that, that's used to running the cause, that's used to making all those different operational uh, issues over a guy that's been at that department for 15 years because of the exposure. Now, I didn't have that word until you know recently in that I didn't know exactly what to call it, but that's the reality. It's the exposure. And the fire service as a whole... Um, I talked about in that uh, experience versus bullshit episode, one thing I would like to see the fire service do to basically illuminate that, because I, I genuinely do believe in that. You can have guys that's been at a place for 25, 30 years and made two or three fucking fires. Where I live, in Deep East Texas, I know guys that have worked at my local department that have been there for 10 fucking years and never been first in on a hose line in a structure fire. And, but yet, when the time rolls around for them to be able to promote, because they have the years in, they are able to take the written test and promote to an officer position where they can now make decisions that keep me and you and everyone else alive or kill us, and they've never been first in on the nozzle in a structure fire. How the fuck have we got to that point? You used to have to make check marks in your career to be qualified for promotion. We call ourselves paramilitary, but we're not. Because in the military, that is why guys would go on combat deployments. Because they needed those combat deployments to be able to move up in rank. You had to meet certain criterias to move up in rank. And the fire service in a lot of departments, we're not doing that. We're strictly going off of years of service. Well, that doesn't that doesn't equate shit. That doesn't that it is not that is not in today's fire departments everywhere. Years of service is not a reputable reason to promote someone. It's levels of exposure. One idea that I had, I'm going to talk about it again. I've actually recently heard that there is some things in the working in the state of Texas that could possibly make this a reality. But one 
just simple idea that I had. Um, and I, I hope that what I heard was true and, and people are working on this is basically we need to keep a fucking stats sheet. Now it's not foolproof. You're still going to have people that are going to, you know, finagle their way in. This is not the end all be all, but it is at least an idea. One thing that I desperately think that we need, we need a stat sheet in the fire service. We're already uploading infers reports and you know, it has, you know, Heath Meredith attached to whatever this run record is, blah, blah, blah. It says, now it doesn't say all of the information that I did on that call, but it shows that I was on that call and what type of call that it was. So one thing that we could do is that shit's already getting uploaded to the, you know, and all the technology and the servers and all that bullshit that goes nationwide and everything, and that's way over my fucking head. But there, there's got to be a way that throughout that system and when it's linking up and doing all of its shit, it can drop that to our state profile for our certifications. And it says, it'll log it every year. Whenever you renew your certifications, it uploads your say stats. So it says, you know, Heath Meredith made 300 structure fires, 500 wrecks, 5,000 EMS calls, whatever. But you can get with it as detailed as you want to. But the bottom line is, at least then, that actually shows some measure of exposure that you've obtained during your said years of service. See, all that my current certification will show when you go on there is what my certification level is, which is an advanced firefighter because I don't have enough college. I'm eligible for the master firefighter level in the state of Texas, but I'm short, I think like I don't know, 12 out college hours. Cause when you get to that point, you have to have a certain amount of, you have to have over 12 years of service and a certain amount of college credits and hours to be able to obtain that. And, I, and I'm short on my college hours. So that is your only, that's your only measure. When you look up my certification, it just shows my years of service. It doesn't show that level of exposure. So I think if states, all the states and their, you know, whatever your governing body is that holds your certification in the different states all across this nation, if guys would would start petitioning or whatever we need to do to get that where that actually becomes a reality where instead of just, yeah, your years of service is great. It's absolutely great. It shows, you know, you've had your, you know, ability to mature, you've had um, the experience of being a firefighter for that long. But what's your actual exposure? What is the actual number of structure fires you made in your career, extrications you made in your career, medical calls you made in your career? Because all that shit gets logged anyway, so it's already there. So let's just go ahead and throw it up. Then we could start looking when it comes time to promotions. I could say, okay, well, yeah, well, he's got 15 years of service and he's made 1,000 structure fires. Joe Bob has 25 years of service, but he's only made 200 structure fires. Okay, now we have an actual measurable thing to see what people's credibility is and what their ability to make decisions are. Now, you're still going to have people that slip through the cracks. Like I said, you're going to have the pieces of shit that show up. And yeah, they're logged that they were at the structure fire, but they didn't do a fucking thing. But the reality is now, as being our brother's keepers and bringing the, the true camaraderie back, if we could start opening up our fucking mouths and if you see douchebags standing there not doing a fucking thing, you put them to fucking work. Now we're holding each other accountable. We're making people work on scene. So now when people say, well, I made 500 structure fires, 
Well, then now I know they made 500 structure fires. And we can do that. We can push the envelope and make guys have to fucking work. But it's going to take, just like I said on the last episode, it's going to take guys opening up their mouths and saying the hard shit that needs to be said, regardless of whether it's going to hurt somebody's feelings or not. You got to say what you fucking believe in. And if you see some dude that's just standing around not doing fucking shit, then open your mouth and say something. There's nothing wrong with it. Freedom of speech. That's what we're founded on. The ability to say what the fuck you think. The ability to say what the fuck you believe. And just because you're a firefighter, you never surrendered that freedom in this country. You never fucking did. Now, can you leak information about a patient information? No, that's protected by HIPAA. Can you disclose investigation things during an arson fire? No, you can't say that. But, can you tell a guy... Hey, man, why the fuck are you standing around while we're rolling up hose? Can you say that? Yeah, you fucking can. Can you say, hey, man, we're working our fucking asses off. You mind coming in here and helping uh, helping us with this shit? Yeah, you can. Can you say, hey, guys, we shouldn't be fucking doing this shit to this motherfucker. This ain't right. This doesn't build camaraderie. This is not how you, you build a brotherhood. This is taking it overboard. Shoving a broomstick up somebody's ass. Yeah, this is fucking overboard. This is assault. Sending pictures to somebody that you know is against the fucking law. Yeah, uh, that's an arrestable offense, guys. That's pushing the fucking limits. That's not building camaraderie. That's doing some sketchy shit we shouldn't be fucking doing. Yeah, you can do every bit of that. Open your fucking mouths. And honestly, I think the more guys get to the point where they realize that fighting fire is dangerous, fighting fire is a blue-collar, hard-ass fucking job, it beats your body up, it beats your mind up, you're going to have fucking stiff joints when you get older, your back is going to be fucking sore. When guys start realizing that that is what this job is, has always been and will always be, and we got to get the bullshit office shit out of the fucking operations side of the fire department, which also means we got to get the self-censoring, everybody afraid to say a motherfucking thing out of the fire service because this complete career was founded upon guys that were rebels. It was founded upon guys that told it like it was. It was founded upon guys that opened their fucking mouths Hell, man, when this was Benjamin Franklin days, guys used to fucking literally fist fight in the front yard to see who was going to get to go in and put the fucking fire out. We've gone from that to now guys can't even tell dudes, hey, man, get your ass up and let's go to work. Talk about a reverse of roles. Talk about being damn weak. That's pussyfied shit. Sorry if you don't like that, but that's just reality. Less than 100 years ago, the fire service had balls. Hell, I'm not even going to say that. Less than 20 years ago, the fire service had balls. Men and women on both sides. Most of the women back then were still, they tell you straight the fuck up. Actually, I'll give credit to the ladies today. A lot of the ladies in the fire service will stand up and say shit's wrong before men will. 
And I've gone down that rabbit hole in the last couple episodes because I just see it so fucking much. The two things that I hear the most out of today's firefighters is, well, I've been doing this for this many fucking years, and I can't say nothing because I can't lose this job. I've got a wife and kids at home, and I've got bills. That's the two things that I hear the fucking most. And both of those things are completely handicapping today's fire service. They're completely handicapping today's firefighters. We're promoting off of years of experience with zero to none exposure of actual shit going on. And we're keeping guys quiet because we're holding their jobs over their head and they're way too fucking financed and they have too many financial obligations to be able to stand up for what they believe in because they're worried to death about the consequences and they don't think that they can get another job. That is the two main things that I have talked about in the last couple episodes to try to help guys understand how we can fix those issues. So, that's my little words of wisdom. A major thing that I see a concern with is the level of exposure versus the level of experience that you're claiming. Some guys may not have that many years of service in, but they have a shitload of exposure. I myself worked a... Two full-time fire jobs for eight years. That's a lot of fucking exposure. But I can only claim eight years of it, right? When you go and log on to my little Texas profile, certification profile shit, during that time period, the little calculator that was going was only eight years. But guess what? The reality is, is when every single dude that I worked with worked their shift and went home and got their days off, I was going and working at another job. So I had two full time. So guess what? That's double the fucking exposures to the calls made and to the, the fires made and the wrecks made, all that bullshit. I'm getting double the fucking exposure in that time period of every single one of those guys that I worked with. Was that taken into account? No, it wasn't. And there's so many other guys that I know out there. They work at really fucking hot districts that burn the damn world down. Their level of exposure is different than somebody that makes one or two structure fires a year. There's guys that work in in industrial areas. That's one thing Like I'll say for myself. Do my little resume pitch here. Spent two years working industrial. How many guys on the structural side have some sort of commercial or industrial property in their fucking district, and if there's an emergency there, they have no fucking clue where to even start. But they got the years of service and they promoted, so they're going to be in that fucking officer seat, and when they make a call at that plant, they make a call at that refinery, they don't even know the protocols or where to even fucking begin for that type of fucking emergency. Y'all see where I'm going with this? Exposure to different things, whether it's rope rescue, whether it's heavy extrication, advanced extrication, whether it's um, different exposures to all your different fire suppression aspects of the fire service, different exposures for the medical shit. I mean, guys that are paramedics that ride on a super hot box for a city that, you know, they're running shootings and stabbings every night. 
They have the level of exposure to trauma that a guy that works rural EMS like where I live that's doing a lot of granny totes and um, you know taking transfers out of these small hospitals to the bigger hospitals, that level of exposure is different and vice versa. That guy that's used to all the trauma shit, you put them in a box where they're having to push different types of medications and run an IV pump and a ventilator and all that kind of shit. They have no fucking clue because they've never done that. The exposure is different. So what exposure fits best for this district and this agency? That's what we have to look at. Now, if I'm going to be down in, in a major city area that has a lot of crime, has a lot of shootings, has a lot of stuff, then I want that guy that's got the exposure to all of that trauma shit because our transports are short and that's what I need. However, if I'm looking to hire somebody up here that works in this area that has experience with the long transports, hour plus transports, where it's just you and your patient. You're having to take care of all the different medications. You're having to take care of the IV pumps and this, that, and the other ventilators, all this different shit. Then I want to hire that person. I don't need the person that knows how to handle a rapid transport with a, a lot of trauma and be like, it is completely different shit. But when you put them in a room and they both just say, oh, well, I got 10 years of experience. You got 15 years of experience. Okay, yeah, but who's better at what? Who can do more with what? It's completely fucking different. And we're not talking about that shit. We're not putting people in positions based on their exposures, based on their knowledge. We're not doing it. So I'll fall back on it. Experience matters. Experience and exposure go hand in hand with calls ran, incidents made, emergencies taken care of, all that shit. It, it is completely different than your years of service or your textbook knowledge or my absolute favorite. You think that you're experienced and you think you have exposure because you're chief's boy. That's a different fucking thing. Quit thinking that you have got a one-up or that you're better than somebody and you don't even fucking know them. You don't know what their capabilities are. You don't know what their exposures have been throughout their career. That's a completely different aspect. And you might want to use that person. I'll give you all one more story before I close out this show. I was working at a department. Dropped a major extrication. Pretty gnarly fucking wreck. I was at one station. I had recently gotten a friend of mine hired that came from another department where he rode a heavy rescue truck for nine fucking years. That was his bread and butter. He was the lieutenant on a heavy rescue truck. That That is what they did was fucking extrications all day long, cutting cars, all fucking day long, going to every school, every it was literally their job to know all the new body types of vehicles coming out, the body styles, the hazards with the body. Like that was his fucking specialty was extrication. Okay? Get him hired on at this department. He comes over there because he's he wanted a better schedule. Comes to work over there. We drop a major extrication. I was there on the other apparatus. I was on the pumper coming from the other station. He's at this station. They literally left him at the station, 
didn't bring him along because they had not issued him bunker gear yet and stuck him on the ambulance because at that department, the way that they operated was until you got issued your bunker gear and were a senior firefighter, you were stuck on the ambulance as the ambulance attendant with the paramedic only. And because it wasn't in their district, the ambulance was coming from my station, so they didn't respond. We get on scene, and some of us had extrication training, but I'll just be completely fucking honest. Command over that scene had no fucking clue was going on. He had lots of years of experience at that department, but due to the nature of this call and what it was and all that good stuff, he never experienced anything like that. Gnarly fucking wreck. Gnarly fucking wreck. And we leave the guy that honestly could have fucking been over that scene. We leave him at the station because, oh, he's just the new guy. I'm looking around straight up. I'm like, hey, we're such and such. Oh, he's at the station on the box. He didn't, He's not coming to this. Motherfucker, I need him. Like, I need him and I need his knowledge for this. This is what this man has, has specialized in for nine fucking years. And y'all leave him at the station because of your bullshit. Your experience bullshit. That's the kind of dumb shit that we're doing at countless departments nationwide. We are not taking into consideration what guys can be good at. And I see that as a major problem. It goes back to what I've preached about on this show multiple times about knowing your people, knowing your crew, building a team, knowing what people are are great at. It all falls back on these little fucking things that we just miss. We're so wrapped up in playing the Game of Thrones of the fire service of needing to get this promotion that promotion because I need the money and I need the power and all this shit. And you're not even taking the time as chief officers or captains or whatever the fuck. You're not even taking the time to know what kind of asset you literally have sitting in your station. You don't know, and to be quite frank, you don't care because it's not even on your spectrum because all you're trying to do is take care of yourself and promote yourself. So we sit over here and we say that we want to make changes. We say that we want to make the fire service better. We've got countless conferences. we got all this shit going on nationwide of guys trying to do better, trying to progress the fire service to where it needs to be, where guys truly care again. And we're making little stupid mistakes like that. Not knowing your crew. Not being able to utilize people's specialties of what they're fucking good at. Who gives a shit if that guy just walked in your door and only been there two weeks? If he knows if he knows extrication or or rescue, then fucking use them. They have that exposure that you don't. They can save that life that you can't. Who gives a shit? Guess what? If you're the fucking chief, you're still going to get the credit for it. Your department, said department, blah, 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 save this fucking life. It makes you look great. You get to go to your city council or your ESD board and say that, hey, we had this badass save, blah, blah, blah. It makes you look fucking good. So what damn difference does it make? Utilize the people. They're there to do that job. They're there to use that experience. They're not there to just sit on their thumbs and wait till it's their time. That's what we're doing to people. We say, no, shit, shut up, sit down, sit in the corner. We'll get to you when you're when we're ready or when you have enough years in or your experience is good enough for us that we're going to give it to you. 
By the end, it's a fucking per- it's a perishable item. By the end, it's fucking done. They're 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 like, okay, well, they don't give a fuck about me, so fuck it. They just throw their hands up. They don't. They have no buy-in at your department anymore. They no longer give a damn about trying to help grow your department anymore. They're done. You shit all over them. You shit on their experience. You said that they, what they know, the knowledge they have, what they can bring to the table doesn't mean a fucking thing to you. You said it all with your simple actions because you weren't even paying attention. Because you didn't even get to know them. You didn't, you didn't even try. And we're doing that to people every single fucking day. So guys, get to know your crews. It falls back on that. Get to know your crews. Build your team. Whether it's, if you're an officer or you're a senior guy, you're an EO, build your crew up. Get to know your crew. Quit sticking your fucking nose in the air like you're better than somebody because they, you think you've been there longer and you have more experience than them. That doesn't mean anything when that 911 call comes out. You think that that citizen that's calling 911 or those bystanders, I'm going to go back to that that call I was talking about, those bystanders that are calling 911 because people are screaming in this fucking car and there's blood running out on the fucking road and people are seriously fucked up. Do you think that they want the guy that can come there and knows exactly what the hell he needs to do, knows exactly has the exposure and the experience to handle this situation day in and day out. You think they want that person or they want Joe Blow that could sit back and say, well, hell, I've been at this department for 15 years. No, I've never done an extrication before, but yeah, I've been a fireman for 15 years. Who does that taxpayer want more? I can promise you that that taxpayer wants that guy that knows their fucking job and can handle it, whether they've been there two days Two weeks, two years, or 20 fucking years. That taxpayer wants that top exposed, top experienced, operational savvy badass. That's who they want. They don't give a fuck about your years of service and your said claimed experience. Because it shit shows. When you stand back and you're saying, uh, 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 and you fucking deer in the headlights, it shows. So Guys, quit fucking acting like we're we're just everybody's running around just so out for them damn selves and just it just it blows my mind where we are right now. The shit guys are claiming the shit guys that uh the the level that they they claim this experience and they claim this and they claim and everybody's just trying to fucking get it get one up on everybody else. It's just sickening. Get out of your own way. That guy coming in might be fucking better than you. That's just the fucking reality. They may be have been exposed in their career to way more than what you have ever fucking done, and you need to fucking understand it. You need to build a team. You need to understand that you do not have to be the best motherfucker in the room. You do not have to be the smartest motherfucker in the room. You do not have to know every fucking thing there is to fucking know. If you have a guy in your room that's a, the most badass extrication motherfucker then utilize the shit out of them it'll make you look like a winner if you've got a guy in your room that is a smoke eating door kicking down badass fucking fireman then utilize the shit out of them and let them bring the whole crew up it'll make you look better if you got a guy that knows rope rescue and all that shit and has a lot of experience when it comes to uh you know 
high angle rescue, below grade rescue, all those different aspects of that shit, and they know it, then utilize the shit out of them. There is a place for everyone in the fire service. There is a specialty that everyone in the fire service can obtain. You just have to find it. And you find it by getting to know your people, knowing what they want to do, getting to know what their dreams and goals of the fire service are, or what they've done in the past, what their exposure has been in the past. That will tell you what they could be great at and what they can bring your whole crew up or your department up. If it's if you're looking at putting somebody in an officer or a chief's role that has those abilities to do all these things that's new in your district. If you work in a district that has a lot of fucking development going on and it's stuff that you've never experienced before like apartment complexes, you better have somebody working at that fucking department that knows how to fight apartment fires. Simple shit, like a fucking ladder truck. If you have a department that's never had a ladder truck before, and y'all are buying a ladder truck because now the your district demands that y'all have a ladder truck because of the different development and growth and, and construction that's taking place, um, that guy that's working at your fucking department that's been there for 15 years and never rode a fire truck is not who you need to put as the officer on that fucking ladder. You need to put an officer on that ladder that has experience riding a fucking ladder. How is that so complicated? Even if that guy has been at your department for two years, but spent 10 years riding a ladder truck at a busy department down the road, wherever, and has the experience of doing the vertical ventilation ops and all the truck company ops that goes along with that ladder truck, guess what? That is the person that you need in that seat. Not your boy that's been there for 15 years. Not your boy that can sit here and say, well, I have this certification. Yeah, but you never rode that fucking truck. You have never performed those tasks needed in the emergency that that apparatus is supposed to do. You've never fucking done it. So how can you sit back and put someone in that position that's never done it? That is completely fucking wrong. I will never agree with that shit. And it 100% goes back to the simple shit. You can have your years of seri- uh, your years of service. You can have your so-called experience. But what the fuck are you exposed to? That's bottom line what it comes down to. And every single person needs to think about that shit. Get yourself out there. Get yourself some damn exposure to shit. Run your fucking calls and get great at what you do. Guys, that's all I got for the show today. I just want everybody to start really fucking thinking about that. I Here lately, I've been hearing a lot of that shit. And like I said, that's the two phrases I hear and it just irks my nerves. And so I'm going to keep hitting it home so that we can continue to spread that. That That is the ultimate issue that we are all suffering from. It's a fucking cancer in the fire service that we are all suffering from. Is this credibility lacking amongst people that claim all this experience. There's no credit checks on it. There's no fucking reference checks. We're not running any stats. Guys can claim whatever the fuck they want and they're just getting away with it and they're promoting off of it. And they're putting my life and your life and the citizens' lives all at danger because they're only out for themselves. They're wanting to play the Game of Thrones of the fire department and get those promotions and move themselves up and they do not have the backing of the operational tactical experience of doing the job and performing those tasks. They just don't have it.
Flat ass. They don't have it. They don't have the exposure to be able to handle the spot that they're stepping themselves into, and they're too damn prideful to fucking admit that. So this next generation of leaders coming up, the best thing I can tell y'all is get your asses exposed to all aspects of what your district could or has now or could potentially have in the future. Set yourself up for the ability to handle those emergencies and and really take care of the community because that's what the fuck they're paying you there to be, to do. They're not paying you there to just obtain years of service. They're paying you to perform those tasks when they have an emergency. That's the reality to it. All right, guys. Y'all go follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I haven't really said that a whole lot lately, but we've been growing a shitload, and I just really want to continue that movement. Please go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow and subscribe on those. Leave us a review. That that actually really builds the algorithms that we need. So when people go in and type in Firefighter Podcast or, or whatever, we're one of the first podcasts that pop up for guys to be able to start gaining some of this real-life knowledge of shit that people really need to hear. You're, you're hungry. I see all these conferences, these seminars, these trainings that are just literally every month. It's something else in my area. And, and it's, I mean, nationwide, shit's just booming where guys are hungry. They're wanting to know shit. And we're handling the tactical and operational shit. But we've also got to handle the camaraderie. We've got to handle the real life conversation talks when it comes to the stuff I talk about on this show. We got to talk about real shit. You can't always be, you know, talking about smooth bores and hand lines and forced entry and ventilation. There's so much more aspects, many, uh, to, so many more aspects to the fire service than just those things. Yes, that's our bread and butter, but we got to handle the mental stuff too. We got to handle the real life, everyday stuff too. Yeah, we make the fires. Yeah, we got to know how to pull this hand line and that hand line and cut this door and knock this door down. All those different things. We got to do all that when those 911 calls come out. But the in-between time is the shit that I'm talking about on this show. The in-between time is the shit that I'm talking about you need when you go home. Because that's what's important to me is building the camaraderie amongst your crew. Going home and seeing your family, spending time with your family, not having to work 15 fucking jobs because you're overfinancing your ass. That's all the stuff we talk about on this show because that really is what's important to me is handling all the aspects of the job and making firefighters better off the job. That's really important, and we got to start focusing on that, and, and I'm doing my best on this show to do that. So y'all keep sharing the show. Keep sharing my information. Please keep supporting our sponsors. I'm going to get back into doing some more nutritional education um, very shortly. I've been kind of out of it, and I haven't really wanted to um, bombard with a, a whole lot of ads and everything because I know that i got a lot going on uh, with our sponsors. I'm very proud of our sponsors. They're all firefighter-owned and operated uh, businesses. Uh, whether it's selling equipment, whether it's training, all that stuff. Guys, we've locked on with some badass sponsors that are really taking care of me, so y'all go take care of them. Um, go buy equipment for them. If you're wanting fire service equipment, everything like that, go go buy that from our sponsors. If you're looking at doing trainings, whether it's going and getting some hands-on training, whether it's leadership training or career training, go hit up our sponsors. You can go find them at thirdalarmcowboys.com. They're all listed there. Guys, if you want supplements, any kind of nutritional supplements, whether it's proteins, pre-workouts, um, fat burners, testosterone boosters, anything, uh, general wellness stuff like vitamins, all that kind of stuff, greens or reds, powders, all that, guys, go to firstform.com slash third alarm cowboys. 
I've been in the nutritional space off and on for over 10 years now. Uh, I've been a personal trainer. I've built meal plans for people, workout plans for people. At one point, I had like three gym memberships or four, three or four gym memberships where I was going and training different people at different times on my days off and all that stuff. I'm really passionate about that. I know that as a firefighter, you are an athlete. You are a job-performing athlete. Um, things like your joints, your muscles, inflammation, all those are major, major issues that we all deal with. That's where the soreness comes from. That's where the pain comes from. And the older you get, guys, it don't get any fucking easier on you. I can tell you. Uh, one thing that you know a lot of guys like myself struggle with is our weight. One aspect of that, it always comes back to nutrition. Firemen, we eat like shit. We're on the go. If you're like me, your days off are busier than your days at the station. So eating um, proper nutrition is a struggle. It's a massive struggle for me. So I supplement. I supplement to make sure that I'm getting my proper amount of protein in. Um, and I, I have used a lot of products throughout the years. I've tried out basically everything that your you know normal vitamin stores and all that shit sell. I've tried a lot of your top name brand stuff. And I'm here to tell you all, bottom line is First Form is one of the best. It's one of the best when it comes to the results. It's one of the best when it comes to the flavor. And ultimately, they are the best when it comes to what they're doing as a business, what they're doing to support uh, the true American people the jobs that they're providing, they have not gone automated like all these other people, like your Walmarts and shit where they're taking jobs away. First form, make sure that they take care of their people first. They make sure that they take care of the American people first. Whenever COVID and all that shit was happening with all the supply chains and all this shit from China, first form was one of the most successful companies because their products are sourced in the United States. They're packaged in the United States, all that shit, they've made a huge effort and a lot of expense to do that because they truly believe in the American dream, the real American dream, and being able to provide jobs to Americans, being able to just overall their entire income and ecosystem comes from the United States. That's what they believe in. Andy Frisella is the owner of First Form, and I know a lot of you have probably seen him on Facebook and Instagram. He's gone hella viral the last few years uh, with his podcast, Real AF, and before that, he had the MF CEO Project, which was the number one entrepreneurial business podcast in the fucking world for several years. I want to say like five years, he was number one. So, and he gives all, all of his business advice, all of his information, all that shit away for free. He just truly believes in trying to help other people out. And it's, I mean, he's an extremely successful businessman without a doubt. He is hundred percent successful in what he does, but the culture of first form is all about doing what's right, taking care of the customers, being the best that you can be. And they live and breathe that. And whenever I reached out to them and we started talking about, you know, sponsorship for this show, I, they went and listened to several episodes of the show, looked at my content, and they completely aligned with what we're trying to do. They completely aligned with what my mission of the Third Alarm Cowboys of bringing back the honor and integrity, honesty, and the true brotherhood, holding each other truly accountable, and just trying to make each other better in the fire service. They 100% believed in that. And even though I'm I'm rough around the edges, my language ain't always that the cleanest and all that, they completely support that. Like, you be who you are. Quit. They, they don't believe in all the false and fake bullshit that's going on in, in today's social media and just all that stuff. It's all about you be yourself and 
do the best that you can do. And that's what we're doing. And they align with that wholeheartedly. So that's the kind of company that you're supporting. And that's the kind of company that you're buying your products from. A lot of you have gone on in order. I've seen your orders come through and I thank y'all. Um, an insane amount for that. Uh, like I said, hands down best products that you can get and just know that all that, you know, the, the sponsorship and all that, that they're doing for me to keep this podcast going. Um, I'm greatly appreciative of, so guys, one last thing, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Still have some shirts left, still have some hats left. Y'all be sure and, uh, you know, get your, get your merchandise and everything. we got some more things coming down the pipe first of next year with some new shirt line, uh, shirt designs and stuff that are coming out. Um, I can't thank all of you, the repeat customers that I've had, <laughs> Y'all have ordered up uh, basically everything I got. A couple of our, our listeners, man, they literally have every color uh, hat that we've got. They've got both sets of shirts and bought it for several other family members. And I can't thank y'all enough for that. I love the support and just know that it really is making a difference. It's allowed me to keep this show going. Uh, we've now been going for over a year, and, and that's pretty spectacular to me. So thank you all, and we'll see you all on the next one. Put you right back in your place Just like old